Ready to talk? Yes. It's only been a couple of months working with my mom instead of behind her back. The line between mom stuff and captain stuff has gotten real fuzzy. Your captain is your mother? Yeah, lady, everybody knows that. Keep up, I thought you were good at this. I used to sneak away and do all sorts of little off-the-book side missions without cluing her in. Now, that's impossible. She's so happy, it's very sweet, but I am losing my mind. I don't know how much longer I can do this. Welcome to Strange New Takes. I'm your host, Notch Connick, and with me to review Lower Decks Season 2 are... Emily Bowen-Marler. And Adam Bowen. Uh, this is Strange New New Takes, and yeah, you already said it, so we're recapping Season 2 of Lower Decks. <laughs> Before we get into that, though, we want to remind you to follow us on social media at Strange New Takes on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can tell your friends about us as well. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You know, the more the merrier, right? And if you're new to our show, I'll just tell you that this is a Star Trek podcast where we have reviewed many different shows. We've talked about Lower Decks. We've talked about... A bunch of episodes from various shows. Now we're talking about Lower Decks again. Soon we're going to talk about Prodigy, so you should stick around and listen to more episodes that we have coming up. And every single week we spoil something or the other in Star Trek, whether it's the entirety of season two, like today, or it's a it's an episode or whatever. You sh- probably shouldn't expect a spoiler-free experience with this uh, with this podcast. So just be aware of going into it. That's something you have signed yourself, your yourself or your ears up for. Maybe even pets, depending on if you're listening to this on a speaker. Uh, your <laughs> cats will not forgive you if they have not watched Star Trek and they hear this podcast. All Kirk right, kills God in uh, the Final Frontier. <laughs> Strangely, <laughs> act actual spoiler. An actual spoiler. Strangely enough. Strangely enough. Wouldn't think so. All right. Well, uh, that's pretty strange. And we always start our episodes with our strange new takes. So who's got a strange new take for me, crew? Shinzon is Jean-Luc Picard's clone. Okay. Um, let's see. <laughs> I thought there was a take. <laughs> no, I just thought I'd give okay, it a spoiler. I thought it would be fun to like just sprinkle in some, you know, little spoilers. I mean, I guess we knew that before going into the movie, but still... Um, he wasn't a very convincing clone, but whatever. Mm. Um, so, uh, my strange new take, you know, it's really nice having a good haircut. That's my strange new take on life. I've had this nice, um, I, I lost like a lot of hair after I had my kid that happens to people sometimes. So yeah, lost probably like half my hair. Thankfully it was like all over my head so i didn't like have like bald spots i had to cover up but then i that we had to put in right 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 yeah but then um we had the pandemic and i didn't go get my hair cut for a long time so i had really long hair but it was thin so she cut it all off one length and said we should just leave it one length for now until it grows in more and finally finally i was able to get my layers put back in my hair and it feels so much better and it requires so much less work so Yay for good haircuts. Everyone, if you can do it, go get yourself a good haircut. Um, And my strange new take for the season is I think sometimes television shows 
like people just need to get out of their own way and then they can they can improve and start to get a little better you know because sometimes I think we get locked into a like either an understanding of what something is or should be Mm. and it just it gets hammered too much and it can inhibit how good it is I feel like um I feel like that's kind of how Lower Decks... I think it got better as the season went on. I feel like it kind of got yeah. out of its own way. And it, it moved away from some of the... I don't know if tropes is the right word, but um, that they had kind of locked themselves into with Mariner always screwing things up. And, you know, there were just kind of certain... And the lists of every single reference we could possibly yeah. make to Star Trek. And I feel like they kind of stopped doing that so much the second half of the season. And it really improved things. I would agree with all of that. I also <laughs> wanted to bring to your attention the important information that AT&T is decommissioning its 3G network. Feels like a piece of my childhood is being taken away from me <laughs> forcefully by a corporation. It's very sad. Uh, with this with this season, I think I'm going to be quite controversial. I think Star Trek Lower Decks is a good show. I know, I know. Hold the booze, please. <laughs> Uh, okay, so let's see. For my uh, my strange new take that's about uh, life in general, uh, I just got my uh, my booster shot because I, I had Johnson & Johnson. So uh, if I seem a little bit bizarre or uh, uh, have some strange energies going on uh, today, it's probably <laughs> because of that. So yeah, my arm hurt, hurts like hell. I feel fine otherwise, but apparently I look like shit. Uh, he so, looks like he well, ha- went on a binger yesterday. <laughs> well, also, it's kind of strange how all the metal objects in the room are slowly moving towards you. I, I don't know yeah, I, know. I, I keep trying to push them away, and it's bit, yeah. But my my cell coverage has been great, so that's that's good at least. Uh, for for the uh, not the episode, the the season. I I watched like uh, half of the season uh, over the past couple of days. Uh, and I, I, I think I'm, I'm largely in agreement with, with y'all. And, and I think I, I will go one step further. I think this is the greatest season two of all of Star Trek. Uh, <laughs> and the, the, the only one that comes close is Discovery season two. But I think that That's because of you that basic... silver fox. Yeah, it, it, but the thing is, you, you need to cut out the Klingon storyline as well as control uh, you need to reduce the mystery of the Rand Angel to like maybe a three episode arc. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I think have maybe more then you could have had Pike. the perfect. <laughs> yeah. But, so I, I think maybe Strange Strange New Worlds hmm. will be like the best, or like the season two of Discovery that I really wanted. But uh, we'll we'll see. We'll they'll probably screw it up somehow. <laughs> this, is, this is very interesting because I was going to joke, make a big joke like, ha I bet you think Discovery Season 2 is the best one other than this. And then you said it and out then loud. Said it. <laughs> yeah. And so now I'm kind of like, um, I, you know what? I'm actually going to say that Enterprise Season 2 is pretty good. Like it, it's, it might actually. It's been tip. a while since I've seen it. It's been I a should, long I should give it another road. One. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I couldn't resist. That wasn't my best singing effort, but I just had to get it out there. <laughs> oh, you, you've been performing on an actual stage, so you yeah. know. The, yeah, you, my you, voice is a little tired. You slack. Yeah. <laughs> also, you know, you did perform it with Adam after the credits in last week's episode. So, oh yeah, nice. You know, it did. It, we, we've got we've got it on the tape. I I guess. Yeah, I mean, I actually think. 
So Lower Decks Season 2, I think I'm going to agree with you, Adam, that it's probably the best. But Enterprise Season 2 is genuinely very, very good, in my opinion, mm-hmm. especially in retrospect. Like, I think when it came out, it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't um, regarded as well. But now going back, watching episodes like Carbon Creek, um, definitely not a night in sickbay, but uh, Regeneration, um, you've got... Is that shuttle part episode where Trip and Malcolm are in the shuttle part in season two? Can't remember. But anyway, it's there are some really, really good episodes in that season, and I highly recommend going back and watching it. I think it is stronger than Discovery season two, personally, because of control. The whole like I think Discovery season two starts really well, and then about halfway through, it just goes like it takes a hard lift, and. <laughs> Not, not, so, not even halfway, halfway through it's the, the episode three is just like a whole giant pile of garbage <laughs> emily is on mute right now but she's Sorry, saying something gosh. very inanimatedly i am okay i'm back sorry i was making noise so i put my mute button on and i stopped making noise and forgot to put it okay um i always have these like great ideas for what i think is about to happen and then they screw it up like it happened in star trek into darkness I thought, oh yeah, I thought they were gonna go like flip the switch on Khan and actually have him work with Kirk and have it be this whole, you know, like they, like, but no, they had to just go do the same thing except have Spock be the one that yells Khan. It was like the stupidest thing ever, and it was not yeah. creative and not anyway. So it was so dumb, but it had the potential to be so yeah. awesome in that moment. They just needed me there to guide them in the right direction. And then with Discovery, I had I don't know how it would have happened, but it's the future, so things can happen. I swear, when they first had. Um, Michael's mother show up in the red angel costume or whatever, when they reveal mm-hmm. who it was, I totally thought it was somehow the child of Giorgio and Michael Burnham. <laughs> and I, <laughs> she looked, she, the way they shot it, she looked like a blend of the two of them. I don't know what it was, but she just, I was like, I how did they do that? I'm like, this is going to be very interesting. I can't wait to figure out how this works. And then it was her mom. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I, I, I burst out laughing when, when, that happened i genuinely i mean that is one of my least favorite plot points i kind of like what they've done with her being the, the like romulan warrior no nun. that was cool that's all right but but i yeah, burst out I, laughing when spock yelled con too so <laughs> in the movie right. theater laughed out loud when kirk died yeah so anyway the point is uh this is a very strong season of star trek as adam introduced to us and i think the one of let's start talking overall we'll get to like character by character notes that we've got for ourselves but i think when we're looking at it overall really the first thing that needs to be said is this is a much better looking lower decks than season one yeah i i remember the uh the ships in particular like season one was fine but uh one thing that felt really jarring for me was that the uh the season finale like the Titans animation looked so completely different from the rest of the season that it just, mm-hmm. it like, it almost felt like they had like used a completely different animation studio to like shoot those scenes. And not that that's what happens in uh, animation. You don't shoot things in the same way, but uh, mm-hmm. the uh, yeah, th- th- this, this season really, at, at least on the, on the ship level, like it's just, there, we got lots of great ship porn in, in this, this one. And uh yeah, everything looks pretty incredible, even on just kind of like 
regular, normal shots that we get. The ships have always been so beautiful on this show. Mm-hmm. Like that's they clearly yeah. they clearly are doing something different when they're doing all of the external shots. Then like the animation style is totally yeah, different yeah. for external shots than it is for on the ship. <clears throat> I, I will say that this season I noticed this a little bit more than previous seasons where when they show us like a legacy ship design, it just doesn't look as good as the ones where they design it for lower decks. Mm. Um, like, mm. you know, the Excelsior, the Titan, the, they just look a little bit kind of otherworldly in in the mm-hmm. universe i guess uh and this is i think only true of starfleet ships i think like the klingon ships they look pretty normal uh animated but maybe, maybe it's just me i don't know have we ever seen the titan i mean we've seen the titan no, in lower but, decks have we ever seen we've never seen we, the we've titan never seen the, the, the 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 design i think was taken from uh it it was used in the the books Right. Yeah, uh, that's what I was thinking. Okay. So I, I don't know if it was officially created for the books or if it was in a game first, but um, <laughs> yeah, we, we've at least seen that model a number of times, like in uh, yeah. uh, memory beta type situations. Right. So I think, I, but I think generally speaking, you know, we also encountered some strange new worlds <laughs> hey. um, where we got to see some kind of alien landscapes we visited the orion colony and they were all immaculately designed as well so the, the animation mm. quality was good and then the set design was beautiful i mean even something like cetacean ops the outside of the cerritos after the hull has been pulled off oh, it just that, yeah it's a, it a very good looking mm-hmm. season mm-hmm. yeah 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 for sure that was super cool uh, with the hull being pulled off, I thought that looked really awesome. Yeah, it, also, it, it feels yeah. like it, they they've just got the world building uh, so much more locked down in this uh, this show at this point. They really do, and I think part of that is that they also decided to go with each character being somewhat of a larger version of themselves. I think it worked most of the time. There were some occasions where, specifically with Mariner, I think having Mariner be extra Marinery was maybe a little bit off-putting and we've talked about it on the podcast before but with a lot of the other characters Tana is a great example where we just got her being full-on cat multiple times getting into a box like purring when she's hugged you know like jumping away when she's supposed to get medical treatment and like scurrying through like ductwork with the Jeffrey's tubes like that kind of thing I felt like every single character got that sort of like personality upgrade basically Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think my favorite upgrade in terms of personality is uh, like we we tilted away from a ransom that was uh, super rapey, and he's now like <laughs> that stuff has been mostly removed from his character. Yeah, it, yeah, wait, but it's he's he's still like a caricature of uh, of himself, mm-hmm. and uh, I I think it was it was an effective way to like still have fun but not make him reprehensible. You know, I just now I don't know if this is the place to say it or not, but since we're talking about characters, I just realized that some of the issues I've had with Discovery and with Lower Decks have been character issues, which don't I don't seem to have those same I feel like I haven't had those same concerns with previous iterations of Trek because it was mm-hmm. I don't know, like the character wasn't dry the characters weren't driving the story in quite the same way you know i think like maybe the way they're structuring stories is different you know it's like i feel like um both michael and mariner have needed to kind of get out of their own way 
Um, yeah. I think they've had, you know, or they've, or they've like, they've set too, they've put too much of the show on the shoulders of those two characters that are supposed to be mm. the number one on the show. Um, and that's not the point of Star Trek. Like Star Trek has always been about the ensemble and yeah. um, like having, yeah. so I think that's, that's, I felt like it got to be more ensemble Lower Decks got to be a little more ensemble yes, as the season went on. And I, I think that I really liked that. Well, and, and I, I feel yeah. like also what's what's going on is it, it's like it's not just that the, we're expecting them to carry the episodes. It feels like for some reason, like Michael is only supposed to be like Michael has to be the savior and the one who like solves the thing in this episode and it's and Mariner is like supposed to screw it up in some way, but then through shenanigans, like succeed. And, and it's it's like for some reason, uh, like it, it would be better. Or it would be I feel like it would uh, work a little bit better if they weren't if uh, they're supposed to carry it, but weren't so one note in the way that they carry these episodes. Um, but I, I'm hopeful that that uh, this end the second half of season two has kind of dismantled that in Mariner's yeah. character, and I'm looking forward to season three to see what they do. So I, I know this is supposed to be about lower decks. Sorry, I just have to throw this out there. It's supposed to be about <laughs> lower decks and not discovery, but I, it just dawned on me. So a lot of people talk about how um, or paint, not paint, black women as the saviors of whatever you know like if you want to get to freedom follow a black woman or you i mean like like so like that's something that i see a lot in in different things that i'm reading and and um i feel like they i feel like that was a misstep for the writers of discovery to put that on burnham like burnham it's kind of like how you know we talk about sometimes like women have to work twice as hard to get half as much recognition it's like why does burnham is amazing she doesn't need to save everybody every single episode to be amazing. Like her yeah. that, and that, I feel like that's part of the problem with discovery is like, like they can't just let her be amazing. Just, just because she is, they have to make her be the savior of everyone all the time. Yeah, over to, and over. Has to solve and, all of, yeah. All of, uh, and anyway, our problems in all of, for all of the multiverse in every single yeah. season. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry. I know that's not about lower decks, but I had, I had an epiphany and had to share it. Okay. Natch. <laughs> Well, we did have um, a a change in that, as Adam was saying, towards the second half of the season. Where maybe, I mean, I wonder if some of that might have been influenced by the reaction to season one. If some of the, the some of the 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 following season was rewritten, because I do recall they were already recording season two when mm-hmm. season one went live. So, I, I mean, I don't know, but I think I my concerns around that were very much alleviated by the end especially in the last episode i think they made it so much more of an ensemble show and i think that again just brings up one other theme of this season which is that it has become much more of an ensemble cast it's not just about the lower decks anymore in fact we spend quite a lot of time with the senior staff it's more like just another star trek than maybe yeah. we were expecting and that's not necessarily a bad thing i think it's it's different than what maybe we we were thinking a lower decks show would be but um yeah yeah i i think as especially as this as this goes on and like maybe we're even going to look at uh hat like promoting uh tendy to be on the bridge or things like that i mm-hmm. i kind of don't care that like it, it felt like in the beginning that everyone had to be ensigns forever or the show would end. But like yeah. now, I I don't like I don't care if any of these people like end up getting becoming lieutenants or whatever. Or uh, yeah, it's 
it, it the the show feels like it, it can like run under its own steam now and doesn't need to fit into the sort of the initial pitch another change for the season was that we did have a big bad and it was the backlogs they were in they were in only three episodes though when you look back at the yeah. end this season they were only in three they were their ship showed up in the fourth um which was the i think the the premiere had just their ships the titan fighting them but mm-hmm. i was honestly expecting more backlogs this season i thought there was going to be four or five episodes with them and a much more intense plot but really it was just like a bunch of gags the revelation that there's a bomb and then the bomb blows up the planet <laughs> and so it's it's um i, I guess it, it's a little bit different than the big bads that we might have seen in other star trek where they show up maybe a few more times every season than this although i don't know i guess we'd have to go back and count how many times the borg show up in like a season of 22 episode season of voyager it might come out to just like six episodes at the most or even less so maybe mm-hmm. this is normal especially uh, considering it's only a 10 episode season yeah right I, but right. I, I i mean go, going back to, to discovery season uh two i i feel like they they stuck a lot more control in there and a lot more uh red angel stuff uh and mm-hmm. at the same time so yeah I, I i think that this does feel like a scaled down version of that kind of stuff well especially when you have shorter seasons you kind of feel like there would be a through line of a big bad like through the whole season or yeah. you know i mean it just kind of is set mm-hmm. up that way naturally the another thing talking about through lines is um Adam, I think you put this in the notes. There's just been a lot more foreshadowing in this season within the writing, mm-hmm. episode to episode. Yeah, like uh, it, it, I one I, I had completely forgotten about. We even have foreshadowing of seeing the the hull removed from the Cerritos. Like we got a glimpse of that in season four, or in episode four, where uh, uh, Rutherford like takes a bit of the hull off in order to figure out like why the ship model isn't working. But uh, yeah, like we 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 have early hints at. Uh, the sort of the uh the promotion arcs for both tendy and for uh freeman where freeman is like being evaluated in the first uh first few episodes and uh in for tendy is um like is being disappointed by other people getting promoted and it we're, we're sort of seeing that uh how tendy is going way beyond what she needs to do in order to be like a medical professional and is uh, maybe showing some of that uh, that bridge officer potential that uh, uh, to honor sh- uh, seasoner. Well, this also kind of speaks to something that maybe we'll talk about a little bit later, which is like, what's Rutherford gonna become? And have there been hints about mm-hmm. it in the past episode? So, um, moving on, I think another common theme of this episode of the season was episodes that had TOS style plots. Um, throughout we saw a lot more of that this season than we did like i think in season one there were like explicit references to like landrew or whatever but this season felt a lot more kind of tos animated series oriented yeah instead of just like saying landrew we actually have like we don't need to mention landrew during the agamus uh episode (laughs) and we we can it's yeah it, it can it can have some of the same plot points without a direct uh explicit reference Except um, for Strange Energy, who <laughs> had lots of yeah, explicit that, references. Yeah, that one, that one was lots of explicit <laughs> Drop references a boulder while on him. also being the same. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a fair point. Uh, 
for sure. And then finally, there was just a lot more sex and sexuality <laughs> in this season, more so than we've ever seen in any Star Trek. Uh, I mean, as much as Enterprise liked to like hint, casually hint at butthole, like this one actually had like a casually guy stroking his horn. <laughs> well, yeah, I you you do you remember like there's that scene where like. Tapal removes her clothes and there's like a little bit of crack that we see in her butt, but that's I about don't it. think about that being butthole though. <laughs> I was I was having it out for the mic, y'all. I was making some funnies, okay? Like I'm trying to be funny here. <laughs> I guess we're laughing, so <laughs> Right. Uh, but Oof. but Enterprise didn't have a Bugato masturbating its horn, okay? No, no. Um, no. They did not have it's naked time. <laughs> and i you know what this is perfect it fits in with the comedy element of it mm-hmm. quite nicely so i i like it i know it, i know not everybody's been a fan though i thought it was funny <laughs> yeah I, I i thought it was great and and even on the like the uh the episode where we sort of get the the cold open is uh them going over to to take a shower like they they even when they're introducing sex things it's sort of a uh or or like nudity it's sort of a like oh this is world building that we're doing at the same time everyone <laughs> showers together but it's the future so no one cares <laughs> right it, it is it is kind of uh i think I have appreciated, I think, one other thing that I'll say is that this show is going there. It's showing us the station offs. It's showing us the showers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's taking us to places where other Star Trek has been kind of coy. Where no one has boldly gone before. Or to boldly go where no one has gone before. Well, we, go. we still haven't seen a toilet, I don't think. So uh, That we, needs to happen. That, Season three, season come three. on. Yeah, there you go. There you go. All right. Well, let's um, let's jump into talking about story and characters. Um, there was one common large theme that you noticed, Adam. Yeah, I there's sort of a there's a lack of trust that's happening uh, between a lot of our characters. So, like with with Freeman, Freeman doesn't trust anyone to be able to do their job, so she micromanages. Mariner doesn't open up to people because she she does she think feels like she's going to be uh, abandoned when they pr- get promoted. Uh, Boimler doesn't trust in himself uh, that he is sort of competent enough, that, so he feels like he needs to suck up and he needs to do all these things to impress people. Uh, Tendi doesn't trust in herself that she is, uh, like, is doing a good job. Rutherford similarly has some, has some issues about himself. And it's, uh, th- there's even the, um, th- I mean, the last episode brings it to a head where we, uh, we have this, uh, Mariner sort of, uh, turns the entire bridge crew on Freeman. Uh, mm-hmm. so it sort of turns into this, uh, everyone get, immediately becomes petty with each other and we and we see a lot of that stuff resolved at the end of the season and it especially just like watching the this season or at the first half of this season uh again over the past couple of days it's uh i i'm really impressed with how much these things were seeded and made into integral plot points that we then like really like the cerritos is is more of a unified crew than it ever has been in the season finale and we're getting rid of the captain so we can reset things a little bit next season but i i'm i'm intrigued to see what a more united crew feels like cerritos strong right yeah <laughs> which was which was another addition of the season all right well let's let's jump into talking about our characters we'll start with 
the obvious choice, Mariner. Um, the season opened up with her and her mother getting along. So we closed the book on that chapter, at least mostly. There was some exploration of it, but I don't. I think we had all griped to, at the end of season one that that whole mom plot was getting a little annoying. Mm-hmm. When I feel yeah, like they it, just kind of resolved. It. Oh, sorry, Adam. No, you 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 go ahead. I mean, like they, I mean, they still had their moments where she wanted to push back, but it wasn't like the driving force of the season, which was nice. And you get the little subtle acknowledgement. Was it the episode? I think it was the penultimate episode where, um, you know, she and her mom, you know, she's like, I've been enjoying, her mom says, I've been enjoying this time with you. And she's like, yeah, me too. You know, I mean, you just kind of get that acknowledgement that, you know, it's not necessarily about making each other's lives difficult. Although then Mariner goes and does what she does in the last episode. <laughs> You're kind of like, uh, what, what are you doing? Like that was like season one Mariner. <laughs> Why did you flash back to that? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, 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 I guess like the, the thing that feels, makes me feel good about this aspect of her is that it, it ends up, uh, we like heighten it for that very ending so that we can resolve it and point out that that's been like the character arc for her. And I, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see how this opens up into a completely different Mariner. I mean, obviously still the same, mm -hmm. uh, for season three, but especially as we, we sort of explore the, the Jennifer relationship, uh, that I, I think that we're going to see a more complex Mariner that doesn't have to always be, uh, kind of handling everyone with from this position of insecurity. Well, I hope we get also an exploration of our past as part of that, because growth means sometimes leaving yeah. behind your previous experiences that might have caused you to be a particular way. Um, also, relationships can be, I don't know how your relationships have been, you know, but like for me, I know that when I go through a relationship, sometimes it spurs memories of the past relationships I've been in, past experiences I've had. So it could be a vehicle for next season to be for Mariner to even become even more um, complex in her backstory and who she is as a character. And I'll say that I think Mariner's trajectory, you know, to your point, Emily, from a while back, has been much stronger than Michael Burnham's. I think they Lordex has taken stock of the the issues that we were we've been discussing, and they've kind of made it so that Mariner has edged out of some of her behaviors, and they've mm -hmm. also been called out explicitly, as we were saying, within, for example, the last two episodes, and even the one with um, Agamus, where Boimler is able to basically use Mariner's sense of superiority and. Um, savior complex against Agamus. He's able to like strategize about it. Mm -hmm. So so it makes me hope. I, I I actually, you know, looking back, despite some early frustration, I'm pretty pleased with the way Mariner's entire character trajectory has gone. That's also the way I feel about Boimler, by the way, which I was not expecting mm -hmm. them to take. I was expecting Boimler to just be the like loser dud that he's always been and like flame out of the Titan. I was not expecting what we got in this season. Well, and it turned out way better. I was pretty mad uh, that episode where they uh, cloned him <laughs> so, or whatever. They did the transporter clone. Like, I just, I, I did not like that episode. I was mad that that's how they made another Boimler. And I maybe wouldn't have been mad if they hadn't telegraphed it. 
um, if it had just ended yeah. up happening. But because mm-hmm. they're like, hey, look, we can do this thing like Riker, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. And anyway, I just, I was just mad. And I'm like, that's sloppy writing. It's a dumb way to build the reference. You can be more clever in how you do it and whatever. Um, so having the fact that I was so annoyed by how they did that initially, I've been very pleasantly surprised with how they've handled Boimler for the rest of the season. So I would agree with you, Notch. I really like what they've done with him. Well, and, and I, th- I think for however clumsy part of that with, with uh, Boimler was, I, I, th- I guess I like having a, an excuse for him to come to get, bumped off of the titan that isn't because he's incompetent it's instead it's instead because of something dumb like essentially essentially his explanation is like the writers and producers think that it it wouldn't test well if we have two people with the same name and and like identical twins or whatever on the same show Mm -hmm. but uh it's uh i yeah i i I like that we can have like he's still goofy he's still a, a doofus but like there's there's like real potential in Boimler and the show doesn't feel like it's it, like we're not afraid to explore that. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll say that I think that is also the whole William Boimler plot. It, I didn't grade on it as much. I think it sets us up for some very interesting exploration of the whole clone idea that we didn't really get with Thomas Riker. Uh, I think there there can be more shenanigans, basically, and I don't know yeah. where they're gonna go. So I I like the the hook that it provides for future writing, I guess. And with with Boimler's growth, though, I think it's also been it's been fun to watch him grow out of Mariner's shadow and not need mentorship. So in the end, Mariner's ready to jump in the tank and everyone's like, no, you got to go figure your shit out. And Boimler's the one who jumps in there, nearly dies, but he's able to save the day. And he and it, you, you see that him doing that in the first episode with the Titan friends wasn't an accident. He's actually set for command. This is a great Starfleet officer. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is kind of a tangent, but I, I I feel like I need to call it right now at least. Uh, I think that we're going to see a uh, a future child of Boimler that is half Romulan uh, show up in one of, the, <laughs> one of these future seasons. Like we, we might just get all of the clones uh, happen to Boimler uh, throughout the series. So Yesterday's I, I just need to say that now so that we give me a, a, an award like in a year or two. So 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 basically, we're going to get Yesterday's Cerritos. And... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we, well, yeah, that, that, that'll be interesting when it happens. Another thing is we, we noticed Ransom noticing Boimler. Boimler's work is actually, yeah. he's not I like, like this tankless dude. Mm-hmm. He's getting noticed. I really liked that. I thought that was, and those are things that actually made me like um, Ransom more too. Yes, I, I really Ransom was so much better this season. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah, he was pretty gross last season. Uh, but yeah, I really, I appreciated, I appreciated that. I liked the little, there were two moments in particular, you know, the one in the corridor where mm-hmm. um, he makes a comment and then also the in the mess hall when, mm-hmm. um, or not the mess hall, uh, 10 forward or whatever they call it. What do they call yeah. it? Is it, I don't remember what it's called there. Well, anyway. It faces backwards. So I... Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Uh, but when he uh, is observing Boimler, have, like the, what is it, an ensign or someone that comes up to Boimler to talk about scheduling or how do I, how do I do this yeah. better? And, oh, I, I was told that you'd be the person to talk to, you know, and Ransom's like, yeah, okay, this is good, you know. Yeah. Just, just to also sum up, I just want to say it again, watching 
the way Boimler handled Agamus, I think, was the turning mm-hmm. point for me in how mm-hmm. I think of him as a character. And it was just such an excellent usage of a plot to drive character development. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens with Boimler um, in the following seasons. Does he become uh, a command officer at some point? Does he take charge of a shift? Like, where do we go from here? Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's the... And, and where does Bo- William Boimler end up? So I, I'd like to see what, what happens there. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll stay to, in tune with that uh, and, and keep an eye on it, obviously. At this point, let's take a break. I'll put in some sort of audio cue or something in here and we'll return with more of season two. It's a pleasure to have you on my bridge, Lieutenant Paris. Pleasure's all mine, Captain Freeman. Mind if I give her a whirl? I hear these Cali-class engines can purr. Of course. Just don't send us to the Delta Quadrant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Welcome back to Strange New Takes. We're discussing the second season of Star Trek Lower Decks. We just finished talking about Mariner and Boimler. And of course, now the third most important character in Star Trek Lower Decks, Jennifer the Andorian. Yeah, I, I, I mean, certainly the, the from that that single line in uh, <laughs> season one, like t- turning into like an actual character, and like yes. for how much everyone loved that, deserve deserves uh, in terms of uh, screen time versus like how famous uh, that they became, like top notch. But uh, I, I just, uh, I, the interesting thing on my rewatch of season two is that mm-hmm. the sort of that teasing that we were really worried about with Mariner and Boimler's relationship, like quote unquote relationship where we're like, Oh my God, are they really gonna, are they really like going to make them boyfriend, girlfriend or whatever? Uh, it, it looked different on my rewatch. Um, mm. And I, and I think it was maybe there as kind of like a combo of misdirection and also just confirming like that it will not happen showing us kind of there's like an immediate there's like a chemistry difference between Mariner and Jennifer than what uh Mariner yeah. and Boimler have and it's uh like we 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 get kind of a, a hint at like part of the reason that uh Mariner is pushing Jennifer away so much and is so antagonistic is because yeah there might actually be a like a potential for a relationship there and and by default Mariner does not want to open up that way. She just wants to go with her uh, bad binars and uh, e- a- a- overlord alien masterminds and whatnot. I will confess to having a gigantic crush on Jennifer, the Andorian. <laughs> she is drawn very well, of course. And then she's voiced by Lauren Lapkus, who is incredibly adorable as well. So, like, it's just... I don't know. There, there's. I think there's also just that sense of like, you know, she's a strong lady who's like bumping Mariner off the holodeck and whatever to do yoga. Like, I don't know. I got a little bit of a crush on Jennifer the Andorian. What can I say? I think I'm going to be jealous of Mariner <laughs> next season. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I did appreciate their usage of her in the final episode and kind of bringing her in. I did think it was kind of weird. I think a lot of people online also commented how it's like kind of, oh, Starfleet officers being rude. Not in my Star Trek. How dare they? So unprofessional. And forgetting like the 700 million badmirals and like Admiral Nechayev and all this other stuff where like yeah. Starfleet officers have been dicks to each other since, well, 21... 
10 or whatever whenever enterprise happened so um yeah so I, i'm excited to see what hey, i like Jennifer, admiral forest yeah. i like admiral forest too I like yeah admiral. see he they didn't really have a bad moral on enterprise in the same way i don't feel it, Maybe it, like so ones. so Val was their bad moral, but then he, yeah. they made him good and then and he, killed him yeah uh, Did they yeah. kill Saval? Oh yeah, they do kill. Yeah, they blew yeah, him up. He dies right? in the explosion. Yeah. No, Admiral Forrest dies in the explosion. That's oh. right. That's right. That's right. Forrest dies. Oh, Saval wait. lives. You're yeah, right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I, Saval, I just, okay. We just yeah. watched the season or the fourth yeah. season of Enterprise. Yes, Forrest dies saving Saval. Yes. That's what it so, is. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what happens. Well, and I think that's part of what changes Saval. Like, I think there's kind of a, or part of it, you know, it's kind of, there's kind mm. of a trajectory that's happening anyway. Yeah. I love the this diss that Archer <laughs> gets on him in the first uh, episode, though, where he's like, You've been spending too much time around uh, humans. That sounds like an emotion. And like, it's, it's pretty good. Anyway, Saval yeah. has a very, like, <laughs> great disgusted face it's amazing the actor yeah. I forget his name but, but anyway getting back to lower decks tendy it's been a long road right it has been a long yeah. road yes since we sang that song it actually has it but um <laughs> tendy in this season gets quite a little quite a bit of like a through line plot like you were saying adam before mm-hmm. yeah and i I, th- I think it's it's really satisfying seeing it uh, sort of pulled through. I, I, we had uh, sort of a bit of annoyance, like, uh, in that, in the final episode, is like, oh, my God, is it? An- it's another, like, annoying uh, Tendi thinks that she's going to get fired or whatever. But uh, since we're resolving it with that, potentially she's going to get, uh, I think it's like an internship or something like that, that maybe mm-hmm. leads to bridge officer promotion. Like, uh you, there's a reason for Tendi to be so anxious throughout, or there's a reason for us to show Tendi feeling so anxious and feeling like she's going to get fired in all these instances. But we also just get to see uh, some badass Tendi uh, with when she's the uh, what is it, the Mister Mistress of the Winter Constellations, uh, right, and right. I we we we're seeing Tendi kind of become more confident. Uh, I mean, that's explicitly plot points in in episodes, but just. I uh, have have Tendi be more sort of secure in herself and like really try harder to like um I guess try to be like a good friend uh and she's a really awkward at, with it at the very beginning of this season but uh I I think just really comes into her own throughout this season. I don't know if y'all will agree with me on this but I want her to grow out of her kind of wide-eyed you know bambi stage because it still feels to an extent like she has that sense of newbie sense which Mm -hmm. i want i want that to be kind of that shell to be removed and to get a more i I want the enthusiasm you know the kind of screamy excitement that noel wells brings to the the role i like that i don't want me to imply that that's bad but there's this sense of like lack of confidence kind of mm-hmm. unsurety and i want that i want them to work that away because now we've had two seasons of it i think it's enough well and i feel like what they've just done with her at the end of this season hopefully will get her on a different trajectory because um clearly they see something really great in her mm-hmm. and are you know so they're shifting what her focus is going to be on the ship because of that so hopefully that will be enough to give her the confidence that can you know, kind of distill yeah. some of that. 
and 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 I think the sort of the the one remaining barrier for her and Rutherford's relationship is sort of her willingness to be like, oh yeah, I love the ship too. And like, that's, it's so great that we both love the Cerritos when like in actuality, like she might've been wanting to say some different things uh, during that last conversation in, in season two. And mm-hmm. I, I think that, yeah, uh, I, I'd be interested to see if we get um, uh, kind of the, uh, similar storylines to when uh, Deanna Troy is is learning is taking some of the uh, exams to become a, a command officer, and uh, seeing putting Tendi through some real tests to like see if she has what it takes to be a bridge officer, and uh, I I, th- I think that that kind of stuff could give us uh, more insight into her character. Maybe also gives us some uh, an opportunity to like flashback to some more of her origins uh and yeah i i i think there's a lot of potential for growth for her if i recall correctly she's one of the people who tells mariner we don't need you in the final season yeah. uh, in the final episode in citation up so she had we've seen some of that and mm-hmm. i think yeah like you're saying if they can just build it up that would be great um another piece that's hinted at again this season we got a hard reset of it at the end of last season is the relationship with the rutherford and tendy so what what are your thoughts on where where we've come with that this season? I mean, I I, I think it's still kind of more of the same. I, I they've at least gotten me to a point where I'm kind of accepting that that's going to be something they're going to hold off until the season they know that they're, they're going to be canceled or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they'll give us the final payoff unless they like uh, have her uh, start dating Chakotay instead uh in the last two episodes just like uh with uh seven of nine stuff Uh, the worst (laughs) i mean i wanted to date chakotay but you know i didn't want seven to be (laughs) uh yeah that was just all sorts all kinds of awkward yeah it was but chakotay forever (laughs) (laughs) yeah I was a Dr. Seven shipper as a kid. Oh, I was too. Dr. and Seven yeah. and Jane Wayne Chakotay. And so why did they Same. have to blow that up? <laughs> yeah. Same. But but I, yeah. I do acknowledge on a rewatch that the Seven and Doctor thing does seem a little bit creepier than I, yeah. I read it when I was 14 or whatever. Yeah. 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 Well, I, um, I think this might be a good time for us to move over to talking about Rutherford because we essentially were very curious at the end of last season. Like, what's this? What's going to happen? He's been reset. Like, where do we go from here? What do y'all well, think? You know, I'd forgotten that it was his memories of Tendi that he lost. Like, like specifically. No, he lost, like, I, did he lose it, everything? I think he, I think he lost everything. I think he lost, like... He, he it wasn't clear what he had lost, but he basically I think had lost everything since he got his implant. Oh, okay, because that because there was just something in the last episode that made me think. Oh wait, was that all he lost? Was his memories of Tendi? But I mean, I guess it makes sense that it could be everything because that would also include yeah. his memories of Tendi. But well, it's also possible. So Tendi joined the Cerritos uh, at the beginning of season one. So it's also possible that he he remembers all the other people in his crew. Like, uh, yeah, he hasn't. He, there's a he's missing a year of his his and Boimler's relationship. But like he he might have still remembered them uh, oh, yeah. at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, I, I think she's it's also, the only it, newbie it a, at the beginning. Yeah, the show, but right? it, it was still a it was a it was a sweet way to show like 
to his appreciation of their relationship without it having to um them turn into boyfriend girlfriend at the end or whatever it, it's mm-hmm. so i i i, I liked that i it's it's weird though because i feel like uh i i don't know a lot of like i know that we had memory plot points for rutherford this season but it wasn't quite the reset that i was expecting to happen like i i was i was wondering if like rutherford maybe wouldn't even have an implant uh this season because he he got it removed entirely and i think it's we end with just him uh having bandages on his head but uh, at the end of the first season yeah there was that moment where he says okie dokie at the end and that's so we know that he's still him in there yeah we haven't lost the character completely yeah Sorry. <laughs> we are there. we are referencing every single we're, we're like in lower next season one mode of references yeah. um, well i still missing a deep space nine i think but we'll get there. i think rutherford was underutilized this season <laughs> I think I think I think Rutherford was underutilized this season. To be perfectly honest yeah. with you, I don't think we got enough of him. We did get him quite a bit of him in that Mugato Gomato thing. There was some part of him in the Hesperian episode. We got a little bit of him in the final episode where we because of the focus on his implant, and it might have been a tad bit more than that. But I I think compared to the other three, he just got less time to grow. Yeah, he he kind of seems a little one note this season. I, I mean, I, I still like him because he, he's just a, a he, he's, he's just like, he, he's adorable in general. Like, so I, it's like, a, like, I just want to swim with girls and stuff like right. that. It's just yeah. it, like, he has great lines. Uh, the, the, like the, the, our skin, <laughs> or like our brains are inside yeah. our skin. Like, it, like it, he's, he's got great one liners, but I, I I guess I'm interested if we really do go into this like maybe he's a plant and and his uh, implants are are somehow doing somehow involved right. in the Packled plot like I I think that maybe that that'll give us room to grow him a lot in season three but I I agree that it's I don't know that we did a whole lot with him that moved the needle forward in this season for sure and um. I will point out that he did have a bit more of a role in that collector episode too, where he helps he and Tendi help yeah. save mm-hmm. the, the the folks that are on the collector uh, museum or whatever it's called. Well, um, let's 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 stop with our main characters and move on to talking about other officers on the ship. I guess the first question is something that I guess is a holdover from like the misdirection in the marketing of season two, which is Kayshawn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We thought Shax is gone. Kayshawn's going to replace him. And I have to say, if there's one thing that I think is a lost opportunity in this season, if I had to identify my biggest, like, ah, they, they didn't quite work for me, it's got to be Kayshawn. All of the good stuff about it, like, literally all of his best jokes were in the trailers. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and he's just kind of not, like, he's seen occasionally for throughout the yeah. season, but it's, uh, oftentimes he doesn't even say anything or doesn't say anything into Marion and it's just like why why do we like he's there's so much joke maybe they they felt like it would be like annoying to just like go that deep into it but like i don't know that uh, darmok is like w- probably on the top uh of a lot of people lists lists yeah. of episodes 
And I, I think it would have been totally okay if like almost everything he says is incomprehensible and uh, just a reference to that. Like he could be in several episodes and cause, cause other shenanigans on that. But I, I, it just felt like they were a little too shy of like introducing the amazing character that they did. And it just like, he's as impactful as the, uh, uh, what was the name of that, um, that drone, the, uh, something peanut butter or oh peanut hamper yeah oh yeah peanut hamper like peanut peanut hamper was abandoned and just in a single episode and like they could have just done that to kayshawn for however much he's in here yeah i think that's the saddest part it's like really he Mm -hmm. he it was like it was it 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 was a great like one-liner which if they had hidden it and not put it in the promos yeah. It would have been fantastic because he would have come out, we'd have all laughed for one episode and then boom, he's gone. Like, whatever. We don't need to think yeah. about this anymore. Because it really was just one joke and they didn't, mm-hmm. they really couldn't yeah. find other ways to make it interesting. I did like the, when they had, was it Boimler that they had say something into Marion and he's like, Ugh. like he got super offended at whatever it was <laughs> yeah, Boimler yeah, said because yeah. his but, reference was really right. wrong. <laughs> that was funny. And, and I guess that's sort sort of the because Boimler is the only person who would truly appreciate him uh, to that level. Like we had to bring we had to bring Kayshawn back just so that we could have that inter- interaction. Since Boimler didn't really get uh, screen time with him in that second episode because he was elsewhere. But I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I think we'll hopefully they'll have they'll have more time to think about some Demarian jokes and ways to use Kayshawn in a more interesting way next season, mm-hmm. even if it is just one episode and he dies or whatever. Just do something with the guy. You've introduced this great character, like do something with him. Well, uh that brings us to the man of the Black Mountain, uh Shaxes. <laughs> Back from the dead, biggest shock. They know it wasn't spoiled for us. I, no. I don't think anyone was really expected it. No, and it and it's just it's I love how they handled it because yeah, we didn't expect it, but if we had been watching Star Trek and thinking about how this is a Star Trek show, we should have uh-huh. known that of course he's going to come back. <laughs> and it's just it like it felt like such a great meta moment uh mm-hmm. where they they bring him back and they're like, "Oh wait, yeah, this is the show that I'm watching." And like so it, I I don't know. It there was so much fabulous comedy with that. I loved seeing him in all the uh, as Rutherford was imagining all the different possibilities for like how he could could have come back, uh, I, I, mm-hmm. I loved it. I don't I don't know that we had a whole lot of great scenes with him later on, but it's still funny to have a guy who uh, like wants to die in battle and is the head of security. Like that's it's it's still good laughs throughout. And mm-hmm. also, uh, whenever we need someone that uh dr ta'ana is extremely horny about and so even if we brought him back only for that it's still worth it i love all the random bajoran phrases that he uses uh-huh. your pa is weak yeah. it disgusts me um <laughs> i i fucking i i i enjoy that very much i gotta say <laughs> Um, yeah, so I'll, 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 I'll do what you're saying, Adam, which is just that I'm, I'm happy he's back. I think he, uh, his character is very interesting. Hopefully this is the only time. I don't think they should kill him again and bring him back again. Like, I, I, that's my one hope is like, just let, There need to be it. like Harry Kim. Right. No. Let's have it this way. Um, and let, let it, let it go from here. Um, and one, one element of, of Shax's is, of course, that was explored deeper this season, is the sensuality between and him and Ta'ana. They obviously love each other. If you watch The Ready Room, 
uh, finale episode I with, to watch with that stuff. Phil Wheaton, uh, you will know that Phil Talscori says that he thinks Shaxes and Talana are madly in love with one another, and Julian Wigman agrees. So they're they're very much um, a couple, or at least they want to be. <laughs> So that's funny. Yeah, I, I I'm pretty excited for that one. I think that could be a lot of lot of great character moments with the two of them uh, being together. Um, which brings us to the good doctor herself. I think all of us have appreciated the more cat like exploration of her awesome. race. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, Doctor Taana is like the the one bridge officer that I there's nothing that I've ever disliked about Taana. <laughs> There's just like Taana just like always has like I I love that she swears way more than everybody else in the show and uh yeah just is very explicit in her dialogue occasionally and mm-hmm. horrifies other people but then is also like extre- like just is a cat sometimes that there's lots of great visual gags we get with her and it's just uh it, I I don't know that we I, I guess we we have a little bit of character development in that we're seeing a softer side of Dr. Ta'ana, like actually like taking a look and, and uh, trying to help Tendi further her career. But yeah. like, I don't know that I even need, like that was bonus. I, d- I wasn't asking for any uh, character development besides like, please give me more cat jokes. Well, so I mean, nothing hit. tops her going in the box. I mean, that was yeah. just the best. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole reason she sent them on the mission. I love it. <laughs> The something that's hinted at in the ready room is Tana's backstory, and I'm genuinely excited for that. I I really hope we get to see a more kind of normal, happy Tana at the beginning of her career, maybe more tendy like Tana, honestly, and seeing how she becomes into the grump, uh, sexualized like cat that she is later on. By the way, uh, there are some drawings on the internet of Tahana with um, very realistic human features, let's say, and it's quite, very creepy and people need to stop doing that, by the way. Why are you looking it up? <laughs> I, I put Dr. Tahana cosplay because they were talking about it in the ready room. They said that there were people, Fred Tadasuri met somebody who cosplayed as Dr. Tahana, so I thought that would be hilarious and decided to look it up and then all these drawings came up. So feel free oh, to no. do this on your own time. I'm going to look it up. And if those same drawings don't come up on mine, I'm going to know something about your search history. Sounds great. <laughs> Good times. Good times. Good luck. Um, well, uh, we, let's talk about Captain Freeman at the end here, but let's go with, with Ransom real quick. You know, Adam, you mentioned earlier, they've like, excised some of the more problematic elements of his character. He does get to be a hero in the end. You know, using his joystick, which Mike McMahon, again, I keep pointing to the ready room at this point, but it was because they had the senior officers, voice actors in there. He mentioned that at one point in the holodeck in season one, Ransom does talk about using a joystick. uh, And so he finally gets to do that in the final episode and save the day, which I appreciate. I I liked having Ransom become, get his moment in the sun, you know, shining and, and saving everybody. Yeah, it's it I I mean maybe it's just like we had to make up for what we did to his character in season 1 and it's uh I I just this is a this is like this is the version of Ransom that uh that I like and that I'm mm-hmm. uh I feel like we should just keep this going cuz it, it's I I like where he's going. There's a tender side to him. There's a, mm-hmm. a competent side to him. 
and we can still make fun of him uh, being a bit of a bro. <laughs> mm-hmm. And speaking of bros, Billups is, I think, there wasn't a ton of development of Billups. Essentially, the Hesperian episode was just about it. But I think, yeah. I, I, I gotta say, I love the fact that he's being featured more this season. I've always loved his little, if you'll notice, by the way, anytime he exclaims something, it's kind of like, grand great dragons or something like that like he's he used like his old hesperian phrases so yeah. it's, it's pretty funny um just finally with captain freeman what y'all think about her trajectory through this season i i i appreciated it i i feel like the first season kind of and I, I think it had this problem with a number of the characters. There's sort of like a, how are you even a captain? Like there's so many incompetent things that are happening on this on this ship. But uh, this season was is much more about like, no, she she's good. She just she does not trust her people very well. And like there are a, there's a lot of things that she needs to work on. But like there are still moments we get to shine. And I and I think that we we took her through a really great arc, and only to cut it short and, and take it all away at the very end. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm excited to see, because I assume that is, this is going to be sort of an arc where she gets arrested. Maybe we have some of the next season is going to be trying to prove her innocence, and maybe she'll get reinstated as the captain at, in season four for us to like have the like here is here is Cerritos as like a truly unified ship where people are like really out or like just out there to support each other. But. Mm -hmm. um, maybe sort of uh, season three vibes of discovery without uh, as much of the disappointing writing. And uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm really excited for uh, both the plot points and just to see the growth of all the characters because of what Freeman's been going through. Well, and I feel like Freeman got to a point where she realized that she could, like she was unable to appreciate what she had and mm -hmm. I feel like that's kind of what the arc was, was helping her yeah. see that actually what she had was pretty good. Like that's um, we're I don't know, we live in a society where we're all supposed to be so ambitious and always trying to get the, you know, chase the better job. And like, mm -hmm. I totally lack that ambition. Uh, I have ambition in some things. You know, I mean, like when it comes to music, you know, singing and stuff like that, mm -hmm. I, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. I want to do well. I want to do well in my job, but I'm totally not ambitious. You know, like I just... I don't, I don't do what I do because I'm trying to get ahead or because I'm trying mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. make more money or, be, you know, I mean, that's just, cause that's, that adds a whole other level of stress that I just don't need in my life. And so, um, I, so part of me is appreciating that Freeman kind of got to a point where she's like, no, you know what, maybe I, maybe what I have is good. And maybe, mm -hmm. you know, maybe the point isn't just, you know, climbing the, climbing the ranks or climbing the ladder or anyway. Well, I think also we get in some ways a redemption of the California class because there's a little bit of dissing about the California class throughout the, the show. And mm -hmm. so by the end, we realize that the ship can do something, you know, just like the Titan saves the day at the end of season one. It's actually the Cerrito saving the day at season two. So I think that's part of it for her as well. She realizes that I don't need to go from this ship to something else because other people might regard it as whatever. We can actually do some really good stuff mm -hmm. um, for ourselves. And, and I have this great crew around me. I have my daughter mm -hmm. and these other wonderful characters or, or crewmates on, on the ship with me. I don't need to leave to, to get what I want out of my, my life. 
and and I think you're you're spot on there, Emily. I think just based on also what I heard, um, the the uh, what I heard Mike McMahon share in the ready room too. It's just like she's she's all in. I think the thing that for me that I'm not curious about is is she going to be somebody where we get to see her back on the serials at the end of episode one right away? Like they're gonna fix this whole backlit thing quickly, or is it gonna mm. be like a longer arc in season two so anyway hmm. we'll see which actually brings me to the last thing i wanted to, to talk about before we finish up here which is the future of of the show and if you all have any predictions that you would like to make for what you think is going to happen uh next season i want to know why the future is spelled the way it is in our notes <laughs> the future the future yeah so I, I mean, I, I got to re- reaffirm sticking my, my stake in the ground or whatever. Like, we we need to bring ha- bring a clone of Boimler that is half, or not a clone, but like s- somehow Boimler just An with offspring. Romulan ears. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and blonde I, I, hair. Oh, no, I guess, I guess, Boim- no, purple no, she, hair. Still purple yeah, hair. Yeah, purple yeah. hair, but like with the dumb Romulan right, haircut. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. I, I think. We're going to get to see more of Mariner's backstory, like I said, and I think it's going to be a, I think a relationship with Jennifer is not going to go well. I think it's going to end in tragedy for both of them. Um, I just hope they're friends at the end of it, but I'm excited to see what that allows us to explore in terms of Mariner's um, personality and growth. And maybe we can get a a Michael Dorn uh, uh, reappearance for, uh, to have some of the time on Deep Space Nine. (laughs) <laughs> who do you all think blew up the Packlet planet or blew up um, Packlet planet because that's what it's called well pack i think the Packlets blew up Packlet planet uh <laughs> I, I i i feel like they so that they they didn't want to test it but uh or maybe they did want to test it on the planet and see what it would do it was lore all along <laughs> you'll find out that lore was more. behind the klingon who was behind the Packlets. who was there you go <laughs> There you yeah. Go. Uh, well, uh, any any other final predictions about next season before we move on here? No, other than I searched for uh, Doctor Taana cosplay, and there were not any disturbing images that came up when I did the search. So. Okay, that's fine. I'll send them over to you. You can look at them at your no, own you leisure. No, you don't need to send them to me. No, you don't need to send them to me. I'm just I'll, saying I'll, it's uh, just <laughs> interesting that two different people did the same search and there were different you know the only thing i noticed is a lot of people want to draw her with really big boobs so that's that's what i was talking about that that is exactly what i was talking about okay well that's not what i thought (laughs) which which if you you look at our animation style that is not the anatomy that we're presented with no, uh, on the show it's not. and it's just it's gigantic yeah. breasts and there's no, like those four people, of those pictures those same uh, people draw draw princess peach and uh lots yeah, of let, other, let's uh, let's uh, characters. yeah okay let's let's, <laughs> let's 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 go on to the ratings now <laughs> and, and do that let's let's talk about um let's talk about what your ratings are for season two who'd like to stick their neck outs and go first so based on my the way I've been rating episodes lately, you're probably expecting me to say ten. But I think that the, it, there's there's still room for this this season to to improve, and I, I really feel like the the first few episodes weren't 
weren't the best. Uh, and sort of on, on my rewatch, some of the ones that I had, that I had rated highly, I, I think I'd lower them down because it's sort of a, the shock value was what made it hilarious and funny. And the rewatch is a little bit less. Uh, but I, th- I think that this one still gets a nine. This is a, this is a solid season of Star Trek. Like mm-hmm. I said, I, I think it's the best season two. I need to rewatch, um, Enterprise season two to, to be sure of that. But, um, I think that that's uh, that and Discovery season two are the only ones that get close, and it's and for Discovery, it's really just because I like Captain Pike, <laughs> probably, and like that is enough to carry uh, a lot of the uh, disappointments from that season. But um, yeah, I've, a nine is where it's going to be at for me. Okay, I think for many of the same reasons, I'm going to go with an eight. Uh, I think it also kind of falls right on the average of all of my ratings in the season. I gave one six point five, but it's been three sevens, three eights, a couple nines, and a couple of tens, something like that. And I think that's 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 about right. So an eight sounds it feels good. Where again, it's very good. I will watch the season again, but it's not something where I'm like there is no room for improvement. Mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna go with a. Hmm, I was trying to see what my other. I think I'll probably have to go if I'm looking at my ratings I gave. Probably I'll go with a four out of five. Um, okay. Because I I was trying to see I, I was potentially gonna get a little lower, but I wasn't on the episode where I would have given the lowest rating of a <laughs> one of the episodes. I I wasn't recording the week that we talked about the one where Boymore got cloned because that would have sunk my <laughs> my <laughs> average. But um cuz I really didn't like that episode. But uh yeah, I I I think that the first few episodes were kind of hit and miss. I mean, I liked them okay, but there were some mm-hmm. things I really didn't like about them, but the series got better and better and better and better as the season went on, so. Yeah. 4 to 5. Yeah. I think I and then looking back, I gave last season a nine. So I do think I'm I'm grading on a curve. I think we had talked about this in our last season review for season one, where where we said like, is this, are we grading this, knowing it's the first season, or are we grading this off the curve? And I think if I had to go back, this season is stronger than the first season, even though my rating doesn't convey that, just yeah. on a, on an absolute scale. But knowing that the previous season was a first season. I think they've knocked it out of the park, which is a much harder thing to do. So that's yeah, at least for Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Star Star Trek has the reverse of what a lot of other shows have, where it, it, I feel like so many shows have a you should have only ever done one season and then canceled forever, and we never thought about it ever again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, next week we're coming back with Star Trek Prodigy. Very exciting, an entirely new Star Trek for us to start reviewing yet again. Yeah, um, I kind of I don't know what to expect from it, so I'm I'm intrigued. I have avoided a, a lot of like the clip previews. Mm-hmm. I've watched the trailers, mm-hmm. but I've just like I'm just like I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it one episode at a time and see how how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But another exciting thing that we're gonna do we're not recording it, but we're gonna play a Star Trek RPG. So maybe we'll have some fun anecdotes from that when we when we record in the future. Monday's <laughs> our first game night. Let's see how things go. Um. But with that, I think it's time for me to say thanks, Emily. Thank you, Adam, for watching Lower Deck Season 2 with me this last uh, 10 weeks. It's been a ton of fun. I enjoyed... I, I'm liking this new era of new Star Trek, and I like talking about it with y'all. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, same thanks, here. Notch. Thanks. 
Yeah, of course. And thank you to Max, uh, Dinah, Rudy, and Bill, uh, who are busy today. I hope they're having a great time wherever they are. Thank you, listeners, for sticking with us. We do appreciate you um, listening to the show, sharing it with your friends, and writing in when you can. And thank you, Jishnu Guha, for recording our theme music. It always, it's always fun for me when I'm editing to go back and listen to it every time. It doesn't get old as far as I'm concerned. So he did a great job. And special thanks to Mike McMahon, a genuine one this week, for making this show. I've enjoyed it immensely. I think I didn't know that I had a comedy Star Trek hole in my life. It's there now. I can't wait for season three. So good job, buddy. You, you really, you, you did it. You did good. You did good. All right, everyone. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.